Booty, booty, um, booty, booty. Otis, let me tell you something. If you're not subscribed on the website, something's gone wrong. Otis, what's your email address? Is it otis at rah.com? Okay, so what you do is you go to manifestsimplicity.com. You get your email address. You put it, yes, don't, no, 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 <laughs> licking. <laughs> you put your email address in the little box, and then when a new essay comes out, you'll be the first to hear about it. Pretty cool, huh? I think he's off. He's uh oh, off. he's coming to. <laughs> he's off to go and do it now. Go on, bye. Go on, mate. Go on, let. Oh, oh, hey, buddy. Um, yes, so if you have not signed up on the website, it is now time to do so. Just before the episode starts, head to manifestsimplicity.com, put your email address in the little box, click subscribe, and every time a new essay comes out, you'll be the first person to know about it. Easy stuff. Easy. Right, shall we get on with the episode? Yes. Okay, Otis, behave yourself. Simplicity, where we discuss intentional living, minimalism, and searching for meaning in a world obsessed with more. I'm Mick. I'm Craig. And together we run a website called ManifestSimplicity.com. We post essays, short thoughts, recommendations, and our rules for living a more meaningful life. What are we looking at on today's show, Craig? We are going to be exploring ocean cleaning. Don't know why that's funny. <laughs> a bit of ocean cleaning. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, the meaning behind minimalism and the colour white. <sighs> Ooh, the colour white. Okay, but first, we are going to get into the questions that we ask each other at the beginning of every episode to kind of catch up, just kind of see where we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, put that in the show notes because it's hilarious. Yeah, I will do. Um, so, we have spoken about one of our colleagues and friends who will be eventually on oh, the podcast. Oh, yes. Okay, so we have spoken about him and we found a picture that sums up what he looks like, but we're not allowed <laughs> to say who he is because we are on a... Um, a detox. We're on a detox from him until he is on the podcast. Which? Which, if we get this oh. right, and if all the planning goes correctly, could be next week. I know. Ooh. Okay, so keep your ears and eyes peeled. We found a picture of said person cooking for the president, <laughs> and we're going to post it in the show notes. Um, we are in Studio C today? Studio B. Studio B today. Studio B. Um, we are at Craggle's house in uh, central Manchester. We have our guest host with us. Uh, Otis! Our, our original guest host, Otis, is with us today. Say hello. Nope. There's <laughs> nothing, nothing from him today. Woof. Say woof. Woof. No, he's not interested. I don't think he <laughs> not was. Impressed. He's just looking at you as I'm if getting, you say, I'm getting the what stare the down. <laughs> That's because I was just eating donuts and now he's jealous. Um, so let's hit, let me hit you with these three questions. Go friends. on, go on, go on, go on. Um, what is something that made you a little bit annoyed this week? Uh, the weather. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, with you on this one because 100%. you know it's summer. You know summer. Going on. You know summer. Yeah. That lasted two weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like I want to go out. I want to take pictures. Uh, tomorrow's a separate story, but tomorrow's Manchester Day. Uh, the Good. day after we record this, yes. and I really wanted to be out in Manchester taking some pictures. A, the weather's going to be awful, so the pictures will be terrible. Or I'm in work anyway. I'm in work anyway, which does is annoying. The, does the does the weather dictate? I guess it's to do with how much light you can let in. Yeah. And obviously, if you if you want blue skies and you've got grey, then that's very difficult. Yeah. To, and yeah. if your camera is weatherproof and mine ah, is not. Ah yes. So, but Sunday right. evening, I'm hoping to get out with a few of the guys uh, I used to work with. So we're hoping the weather holds off. Oh, that'd be good. So yeah. So, but the weather has annoyed me. It's summer, for God's sake. Come yeah. on. We are recording on a Friday, everyone. Oh, <gasps> weird. Very strange. So this Sunday, we are both busy. We are both doing creative things, which is good because that's what we're focusing on this month, which is wonderful, um, which means we are recording on a Friday. Um, however, we there may be a podcast being recorded on Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> be prepared because it's going to be something a little bit different to what you're used to, um, which is really exciting for us. And it's something that we've kind of been looking forward to and have had planned, but haven't kind of implemented for a little bit. Um, so yes, there may be one recorded on Sunday, which will be 
Very, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very different. Okay, cool. Um, what's something that made you very happy this week? Uh, so, it's not currently yet. It will be this week, which is my five-year anniversary with Jenna on oh, Wednesday. We love Jen. Jen. She Jen. never listens to the podcast. No, she doesn't. So, we, so can we, can say say what, we can say whatever we want Whatever about the hell we want. You know, okay, bad things about Jen. Here we go. Um, <laughs> She's small. She can't reach, tiny. Can't reach tall stuff. Nope. Um, sometimes too nice. Very nice. Yeah. Overly uh, pleasant. Yeah. Uh, welcoming. <sighs> Hate that. Hate that. Yeah. Uh, good sense of humour. Oh, Boring. Everyone loves Prince. Yeah. Um, Who loves Prince? Yeah. She's into um, she's into tattoos and 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 that's weird because you're not covered in them. It's obviously. Uh, no, that is cool. Um, five years. What's the secret to staying together for five years? I clearly have not mastered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess we just... We are... It's Some people would say it's bad, but I think we're very codependent. Right, so, okay. So, like, I do a lot for her and she does a lot for me. Yeah. But without that, I think we'd... I don't think we'd struggle. I think the other would do the other stuff, but just not... Yeah. You match quite not well. Not as well. Yeah, we do. We, ma- where we do match you're, quite well. Where you are lacking, she is in abundance. 100%. That's good. 100%. Super good. She is top-notch chef. Oh, yeah? She is. And yeah. you don't like to cook? I do like to cook. But, but just, you're not good. I'm, I'm okay, but I would just cook basic meals. My favourite meal to cook is chili. Oh, I like a chili. I love chili. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would eat it most weeks if but I could. But Jen's like. a bit more fancy. Uh, not necessarily, but Jen is vegetarian and I'm not. Oh, so that's the thing. Very, uh, very interesting. So a lot of the meals Jenna cooks, she cooks with a lot of veg, a lot of different stuff in. Um, whereas mine, I'm just a bit more basic. It's like white meat, chicken, turkey. Yeah. Uh, like I have sausages, burgers, and stuff. But like I will. Gen- general, she'll pick up the cooking slack. She, yeah, basically. And what do what? I mean, horrible question to ask. What does she lack that you make up for? Uh. Being a bit more proactive with like taking the bins out, the recycling. Yeah. Um, so it's not, like ne- a- not necessarily like being clean, but just tidying up. Like right. I am a very tidy person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That for the most part, I think it's nice to have a, a balance. That our brain, obviously, all of our brains work completely differently. And if you can find someone who's who's weird matches your weird, and yeah. who who makes up for the things you lack, and you can kind of help them with the things that they struggle with, yeah. then it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a, a, but strong, like, yeah, a strong part. And you can tell it works, because it doesn't even bother me to just tidy up after her a little bit. Like, if I'm tidying my bits in the bedroom, I'll just tidy hers, neaten hers up as well. Yeah. Like, that doesn't even bother me in the slightest. Yeah. I'm just used to doing it. Yeah. Um, but she's great. Yeah. We love Jen. Yeah, Jen. Love you, Jen. But yeah, five years. I'm quite wow. happy with that. Well done. Long may it continue. And Otis, you... Are about to turn two, is that right? You are about to turn two, aren't you, buddy? Oh, little So, Mike and Jenna's anniversary is Wednesday, uh-huh. and his birthday is on the Thursday. Sheesh. Isn't what it, buddy? What a week that's going to be. Are we going to try and take you to the beach? Oh. If the bloody weather holds out. Oh, sheesh kebab. Yeah. Um, who would you like to give a shout out to? I want to shout out Pets at Home in Salford. Okay. Unusual one, I know. That's very strange. It's specifically the groom room in Salford. <laughs> because Otis has been going since he was a little bubba. And the... I mean, he's not exactly big now. No, he? he's not. Yeah. But the first time we ever took him there, one of the girls, Danielle, fell in love with him. Like, he's the only Brussels griffin that goes. And they absolutely melted when they saw him. Is it a rare breed of dog? In the UK, yeah. Okay. Uh, and he... He just melted them like instantly. Like they just loved him. Yeah. And he's been every every time he goes for a haircut, they play with him. They don't put him in the crates. They play like the other dogs. They play with him. They run around with him. Like he'll follow them everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's so well behaved for them, uh, and he mm. always comes back like looking great. He's looking strong great. right now. He's had a trim. Um. So yeah. No. I want to give those guys a if, shout out. If people want to follow Otis on Instagram, what's his Instagram handle? It is. We tried to get Otis the pupper. But it is Otis the Pupper. So T H E E E E Pupper. P U P P E R. Oh, you're gonna get lots of followers now. Jenna posts all those pictures, mate, don't she? Yeah, you look cute. <laughs> okay, this is good. 
Lots of good things happening. Shall we? Shall we uh, segue ourselves into the good news? Shall we highlight some sp- particular instances of great things happening um, with you, the good news segment? You were super excited about your good news. Yes. So, so I want to know what it is. I, um, uh, my mother sent me <clears throat> a um, map of the. This is how nerdy my family is. She sent me a map of the UK. Oh, right? yes, she did. Um, and it had on it, uh, marked on it, the um, cleanliness levels of the beaches around the UK Ooh. and where you, should, where you should swim, where you shouldn't swim, where it's okay sometimes. Um, basically, almost everywhere in the Northwest is unswimmable. Oh, right. Fair enough. Blackpool. <laughs> 100%. Bin it off. You'll come back with four legs, mate. <laughs> I'll um, explain Tino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, it, that was really, really interesting, and I kind of did a bit more, uh, a bit more reading on it. And so this, this piece of good news is that um, there is going to be a large expansion. Oh hi, a large expansion to the blue belt of UK's protected marine areas. So an area nearly twice the size of England will become a blue belt of protected waters after the government created 41 new marine conservation zones. So the short-snouted seahorse. Ooh, fancy. The ocean quahog. Oh. Ross worm reefs and blue mussel beds are among the species and habitats that will benefit from the new protections. Although dredging and other damaging activities can only be halted in zones that lie within inshore waters up to 12 nautical miles from the coast. So there's a big map here. I mean, we'll put this in the show notes so you can see it. Um, it is from The Guardian. And there's a big map. Basically, there's going to be a load of new zones in which the wildlife and the habitat are going to be completely protected. That is really cool. Very good. And that actually segues um, into a, into my good news story. This is the best. So similar. Right. If you ever listen to another podcast, right, just think, oh, it's not quite as good as Manifest Simplicity. It's nowhere near It's not. Good. Yeah, okay, so we segue like a motherfucker. <laughs> Segways. Okay. So, mine is uh, some entire series of concerts cancelled in New Jersey Shore after threatened shorebird nest was discovered. Oh. Uh, oh, on the shore. <laughs> near the... Water near the protected ocean marine zones. There he is, absolute unit. Uh, so it was all around the. Oh, I had the name of the bird a second ago. The type of bird. It was a piping plover. Yes. Cute, tiny little thing. Oh. Uh, the discovery of a federally protected shorebird nest was has led officials to cancel the free summer concerts at Sandy Hook. The National Park Service said Thursday. A piping plover nest was found at Sandy Hook's Beach E last week in the same area used for the Sandy Hook Foundation Summer Beach Concert Series. According to park officials, US Fish and Wildlife Service regulations ban any activity, including outdoor concerts that occur within a thousand metres of the protected bird's nest. Sick. So they've just gone, they've gone no. Right, so they've found one, therefore no loud music because these birds don't like music. These birds are... Not down to fuck. Um, interesting analysis. Um, <laughs> if you are interested at all in wildlife and game preservation in the US, there is a podcast called... I mean, its name is... It's called Meat Eater. Oh. Um, and it is primarily a, like, hunting podcast. But okay. also, they... Steve Ranella, who hosts it, he has a load of conservationists and marine biologists and interesting kind of wildlife and heritage people from the US and he interviews them about ongoing wildlife and game preserve issues. Um, so as to obviously not to hunt there. No, well, some, some of it obviously is about hunting, but then there's also like, they're all about the conservation of species and making sure that future generations get to see wolves and bears and all the things that the, that the American wild has to offer. Yeah. Um, so their podcast is really interesting. It's called Meat Eater. And if you want to check that out, that's really, really good. There's also another one which they've started, which is like a shorter version, which I believe is by Cal Sugar on a stick. I can't remember his name. Anyway, Meat Eater podcast. Really, really good. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Right. Okay. So I think we're going to do things a little differently this week. Okay. Right. Here's the deal. What are we going to do? This is episode 25. 25. Okay. So we are, we're, we're a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. 
This is going to be a bit of a benchmark for us because we are discussing our essay that we've not that we that went up today. Yes, it went up today, um, which is what is minimalism. Um, probably this should be a two-parter. Yes, because it's a long one. We've decided to split off. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the first two sections of our understanding of minimalism here. And then the second two sections we will discuss in a later episode. Does that work? That works for me. Perfect. Okay. So we're going to get into minimalism, change of mindset, and reduction of clutter in this week's episode. And then we will look at a future episode, um, optimization of life and contribution to others. Those are the four things that we think underpin our understanding of minimalism. And minimalism for us may not be the same as minimalism for you. So we just wanted to throw out our understanding of what, what living a minimalist lifestyle means. And maybe there'll be aspects of it that apply to you and you can take and use in your own life. Maybe there won't be. But we wanted to like put a line in the sand and say, this is what we stand for. This is our situation. If you go to the website and you read the about page, you can kind of read a kind of fictitious conversation that happened between me and Craig when we first discovered that the other one was into minimalism and kind of optimization of life and decluttering and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is a kind of a, a, a solid foundation, yeah, like a manifesto of what we Ooh, believe. Manifesto so, simplicito. Oh, oh, so good. So good. Okay. So if you go to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism, this essay will be up in its entirety, but we will not be posting the second half just yet. Of our discussion. Of our discussion just yet. So the whole essay will be up, but we will not be posting the whole discussion until um, a little bit later on. So the first episode will come out on Monday, and then we've got a secret guest episode, and then we've got the second half of minimalism, which will be part two, I guess. Yes. Or if we can work out a way to do the other way around, that will work as well. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll work it we'll out. We'll work it out. Okay, cool. So let's get into this one. Um, we'll do the first half and then we will sign off and do the second half another time. Yes, right. Okay, let's... so yes, manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism. If you want to read the essay in its entirety, please do so before you listen or, I mean, listen and then go back and read it again if you'd like. And um, what if people want to give us their thoughts on minimalism, Mick? What should they do? Well, what they should do, thank you for asking, Craig, and for reminding me to tell people that we have an email address that you can send a voice note to. Or even if you just want to send us a little email to say, yeah, enjoyed the podcast. Really think, uh, what, do you, what are your views on bags? What are your <laughs> views on sandwiches? Like, we're interested in what you guys have to say. And if you want to get in touch with us, the way to do so is to email us at hello at manifestsimplicity.com. If you want to be featured on the podcast, send us a voice note and we'll chuck your voice note in and then answer the question for everyone else to hear. Um, if not, we can read stuff out. But we would love some voice notes. So everyone who's listening, who thought, yeah, was listening to the podcast and thought I'd send in a voice note and then didn't, now's yeah, your chance. Yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, Adam Baker, Saf. Um, a few people. Uh, yeah, send us a little voice note. We'll use it in the podcast. And then, you know, you'll hear your, you'll hear your own voice. Oh, that's nice. That would be good, wouldn't it? Right, right. go for this. Right, we're getting into the essay. What is minimalism? Minimalism is not a style of art. Well, yes, it is. But in this essay, we'll discuss how minimalism can benefit us when applied as part of an ongoing lifestyle. The world around us is constantly telling us that, in order to be fulfilled, we must dedicate ourselves to the pursuit of more. We are bombarded with images of what success should look like. We exist in a consumer culture that prioritizes new over now, that values easy over meaningful, and that preaches buy over build. We believe that there is an alternative approach. The only way to overcome the world's constant pressure to buy, consume, and aspire is to live in the opposite direction. Focusing on our passions, living with just the essentials, and throwing off the notion that in order to be happy, we must own, do, and be more. For us, this starts with a change of mindset. Before we minimize our physical belongings, before we organize our habits, before we begin contributing to those around us, we must change the way we look at life. With renewed perspective comes renewed practice. When we awaken to the idea that there is another way to live, 
besides the one that people, TV, social media, music videos and the like preach is the only path, we can start to build a deeper understanding of how a life of less could benefit us and, the, and those around us. The mindset shift required to move towards a life of more meaning is simple to explain, but often difficult to implement. In my life, this change in cerebral approach manifests itself as a series of repeated questions. When debating a money-related situation, could this money be better used somewhere else? When deciding on a career or lifestyle matter, will this new path help me grow personally, provide a better future for my children, and mean I have time spare for my passions? When met with a relationship challenge, is this person healthy for me? Do we have shared values or beliefs? When faced with the daily hum of normal, how do I find a way to prioritize my creativity and fuel my passions? In most cases, it is important to remember this truth. Everything is temporary. My mother, a powerful woman of steadfast fortitude, has a saying, go to bed and make sure you brushed your teeth. Okay, she did used to say that, but that's not the one I'm trying to use here. She says, you can't take it with you. When we realize that everything on a long enough timeline is ephemeral, everything expires eventually. <laughs> it's just Otis drinking. <laughs> just having a big drink. Go on, son. Then we give ourselves permission to live in a way that focuses not on things and status and achievement, but on joy and passion and growth and learning. You're done now, mate. Good job. Mindset change constant, means constantly questioning why we are doing the things we are doing and whether, with a slight alteration in our behavior and choices, we could put ourselves in a position to live happier and more fulfilled lives full of meaningful relationships, personal growth, and the pursuit of our passions. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. For more on this subject, reads Perspective and Summits. Right, so let's discuss mindset change here, Craggles. Okay. When you first, someone opens your eyes to the, uh, the understanding that maybe chasing after more things is not the way to make yourself happy, the first thing you think about doing is getting rid of all your stuff and living in a cave somewhere as a hermit in order to breed ultimate happiness. Yes. However, if you do that, you have skipped what is, I think, the most important step, which is to kind of change the way you view the world. When someone says to you, have you ever thought about like why you need to buy a new pair of trainers every month mm -hmm. you ever thought about why you need to upgrade your car every year you ever thought about why you feel less if you haven't got a brand new phone why not going on that holiday makes you feel like you've missed out the way you view those situations is vitally important to your ongoing growth so the the, the quote from from this bit is that if you change the way you look at things the things you look at change yes if you change the way you view life and you change the way you view your personal situations and your pursuit of your passions and your job and your relationships, then those things start to change in your eyes. If you start to see your relationships as a like, uh, yeah, like a commitment to someone else who, and we've written about this in relationships where yeah. you, you are committed to each other, you expect that kind of commitment and you you give and you also expect to get. And if you don't get if you don't get what you require, you have the ability to walk away. You are yourself and you are you don't require that person really. Like like you and Jen, you are yourself, Jen is herself, you mm -hmm. guys work perfectly together. Yeah. If you didn't, you have permission. No one nothing is nothing is making you stay. Yeah. Same for me in my previous relationship. We worked for a period, and when we st stopped working, we decided that it wasn't working and that we shouldn't be together anymore. When you start to view your relationships like that, when you start to view the way you spend money, when you start to view your lifestyle and your career choices slightly differently, it means that the way, if you view them differently, they become different. Um, so mindset change is massive when it comes to um, jumping into the world of minimalism. Um, I think it's almost... I, th I wonder if jumping into is the right phrase because that kind of means that you're going like head first all yeah, the way yeah. in when in fact I think you're doing it almost exactly the right way which is you're kind of what are you six months into it maybe a little longer a little longer may maybe a year just under a year yeah and you've kind of yeah you changed your mindset like 
do I need to be spending time and money here? Where is my focus? What are my passions? Yeah. And now you're starting to think about, do I have lots of stuff I own that I don't need? Cleared out your drawers, did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you hadn't changed your mindset first, the point of cleaning out your drawers is completely lost. Yeah, 100%. Like I, since changing my mindset, I've like I've seen t-shirts. I might want, I might think, oh, I'll get a new pair of Vans. Like, and I'm just like, why? I don't need them. Like, literally don't need them. And when I've been looking at things to get for photography, I'm like, do I need that right now? Probably not. Mm. Uh, and you'll see videos and adverts everywhere that say, oh, you need this, you need that to do this. And there'll be videos saying, oh, every photographer needs this. And it's like, well, I don't think I do right now. Yeah. So whereas an old mindset me would have been like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll buy all of this. So I'd, mm. I'd have been the guy that has all the gear and no idea. Yeah. Um, I'd have been able to, to try and get all of this stuff. I don't know, these amazing shots, but without any of the idea as to how to do this. Yeah, and which, I, I which, think that's right. Like, your your we we use your movement into photography as a metaphor quite often on this podcast, but I think it makes sense. You got really good at taking pictures on your phone before you decided to invest. Yeah, in, definitely in some camera gear and like take a physical jump. It's the same as moving into a kind of into a lifestyle of of minimalism and intentional living. If you if you didn't change the way you viewed your situation before you jumped in, you would jump in and then say, oh, well, I've just thrown away all my stuff. Why have I done that? It's important to know the why before you, you think about how. The why of minimalism is because your life is should not and it, it could not be defined by how much you own and just how people value you based on it. Really, your life is defined by the content of your character, your ability to contribute to others, the way you pursue your passions, how kind you are to people. Those things don't require you owning lots of stuff. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I think for me, one of the bigger things as well was, as well as just getting rid of the physical items, but it was um, money as well. Yeah, like thinking, of, so thinking about things Financially, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, financially, it just didn't make sense to keep spending money on rubbish or little things that I'd use for late six months and then never use again and yeah. they just sit in a drawer i mean when i cleared out i was carrying things around with me that i'd had for like the last six seven years and mm. I, I just i'd used them once or twice and then they still sat there and yeah. i was just like i don't need this anymore yeah uh, but if you if if you had got rid of all that stuff and then sat miserable in your house it wouldn't have made any sense no because i'd have just been like right well i've got rid of all that stuff now what do i do whereas yeah. because now i know going forward I'm not going to go buying things for the sake of buying things. Like when I bought a camera, I didn't ball out and buy the best camera. Cause I was like, well, there's no point. I'll buy a medium range camera that will last me years. I can learn everything on and then I can decide what I want after yeah. that. But while like, you're in the learning stage, don't jump in, don't go all in. Yeah. Learn. And I think, yeah, you're, you've, got to, you've got to have, you've got to have your mind right before you jump because yeah, you're, yeah, you could effectively, if you wanted to, get rid of all your stuff, you could throw away all your things and then sit unfulfilled and un and completely confused in your empty house and you still it wouldn't have made you any happier. There was a video I watched recently where people were discussing the why behind things. Yeah. So unless you know why you're doing something what are you doing it for? Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like you should question why you're doing something. So I think um like companies do this a lot as well where they don't know why they're doing something they just yeah. do it and yeah. they're like oh well we need to sell the biggest products we'll know yeah. that's that's well, how... we need to grow every year that's the weird one yeah it's but like... that's how you're doing it yeah but why are you doing it why are you selling these products mm -hmm. you're not just selling them to make a profit because you're a business like yeah. that's standard yeah, like what's what's what, the point what's the drive it? yeah 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 so the drive for me on minimalism was being better financially and discovering and doing the things I wanted to do and not what everyone else was doing. Yeah. So I was one of those people that if my friends were wanting to do something, I'd be like, uh, oh yeah, go on then. Yeah. And I'd just get into the habit of doing it with them. Whereas yeah. now I'm more like, well, no, I don't want to do that. Like I actively will say no more because I don't want to do that. And if you want to hear a podcast about saying no more, go back to like, <laughs> just go to last week, go to last week's episode, listen to no, which is about saying no so that your yes has more weight behind it. Boom. Um, yeah, for sure. Your the way you approach your decisions changes massively when huge, when huge. you decide to start living kind of a more minimal, a more responsible life. 
Um, and but, it is hard living with a non-minimalist, 100%. Yeah, so this is something that we, we need to... I At some point in the future, I would love to, if she's okay with it, get you and Jen on the podcast and do a little Q&A with how living with a non-minimalist works and how you balance your longing to have everything very simple and her longing to just live normal. Um, because in the eyes of the world, in in the wider world context, the lifestyle that we're living is very strange. Mm. Very strange. I have white walls. I own... <laughs> I own one. I I had to go out and buy cups the other day because I was speaking to someone and they said and I said oh I've 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 got to wash out my cup and they were like what do you mean you only have one cup I was like yeah I live on my own why do I need more than one cup <laughs> yeah exactly like it, I, it's my cup and then I realised that that was a bit insane and if I had people around I'd have to keep washing out the same cup <laughs> so I went to buy cups which was good. Um, and I have had people around and used my cups. Yes. Yeah, cups. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to get you both sat down and ask you questions and see your take on it and her take on it. Um, because you're living with a slightly different mindset, your approach to, do we need a new sofa? Do we need a new car? It's funny you mentioned how sofa. Are we, how are we spending our time? Like, those things change. The way you see things changes when you change the way you De- Like, definitely. Like, my uh, my mum's moving a house soon. Uh, well, in the next month. And she's got her sofa that she's had in her house she bought for the last 15 years. Yeah. And She's like, do you want a sofa? Well, no, I said, could I have it? Uh, and she's literally the only one that's lived there. And it is in near enough immaculate condition. Like, mm. I lived there for about four years when I was younger. Yeah. Moved out. Um, and, yeah, she's got this sofa that's near... Like, my mum is a huge clean freak, which I think is where I get it from. Yeah. But you were born to be a minimalist. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it grey? It's what grey? The sofa. No, it's not. Oh. It's uh, like a beige. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. But they're two really nice sofas, and they've virtually been kept in immaculate condition. My mum barely has anyone round. Like she goes out more than she has people around. And right. Stuff, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. They're not well worn. They look near enough new. Yeah. But do you need a new sofa? Well, we're getting rid of these ones. Because they're a bit old, they're not ours. Like we wanted, so we wanted to buy a new sofa for the flat because we're doing, we're decorating it this year yeah. to make it ours, not the original owners. Yeah. And uh, we were like, right, let's get a new sofa. But we all know sofas are quite expensive. Yeah. So apart from mine, apart from your, oh yeah, apart from yours, my sofa was two hundred pounds. Bought it on eBay and I bought an intentionally uncomfortable sofa that I'd, so that I'd spend much less time on it. Well, this is the thing because. You live on your own. All the decisions are yours, whereas I have to run things past the boss. Correct. Uh, and it's, it's so yeah, <laughs> uh, and it it has to be some sort of compromise. So it's like yeah, okay, cool. I want a new sofa. Let's compromise on yeah. how we get it and where we get it from. So I had a chat to my mum, and my mum was like, yeah, cool. We'll buy a new one for our new place. Like she's moving in with her partner. Yeah. And you can have this one. So yeah, getting renting a van next Tuesday, going up, grabbing it. And yeah, I'm excited to get that in because this these ones are great, but they're not ours, so and they're a bit worn, they're quite old. Yeah. Interesting concept. But these ones are going to someone else from work that's right. moving out soon, so nice. Okay, so this leads us quite nicely into the second half of this first half of the what is minimalism double parter, which is half reduction. Section. Reduction. Re- reduction. Reduction of yeah. cutter. Which is like when you've you tucked your shirt in and it's come out. So when you, you do it the retu- second time, you're, retu- you, you're exercising a reduction there. Ah, because you're, you're re- a reductionist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, reduction of clutter. So, yes, we have just done a change of mindset and now we are looking at a reduction of clutter. So, a simple life means nothing superfluous. So, once we have altered the way we view the world and we ad- and adapt our ever-changing life experience, we can start where most people think minimalism begins, with our stuff. Clutter is anything in your life or your home that doesn't add value to your life. Decluttering is the act of removing those things that either don't add value, that shield the value from view, or that dull the joy you would otherwise receive from the things that you do bring, that do bring you joy. I have grown to love the process of decluttering because, for me, it relieves stress. It allows me to take control of my space and take pride in the accomplishment of clearing a space in my life. Decluttering isn't the end goal. It's just one step we must take in order to move towards a more meaningful life. Decluttering doesn't make us happy. 
It just makes space for the things that do. Our let go challenge is a Kickstarter for the decluttering process. It involves trashing, donating, selling, or recycling 30 items over the course of 30 days. Our things can help us tell our story. So we, must, we ask you to tell the story of each item before it goes. But we also understand that we are not defined by the things we own, but by the content of our character, the kindness of our hearts, and the joy we spread to others. To read more on this subject, read Things, Decluttering, and Enough. Boom. So the, the, the quote that for, for, for decluttering that I love is, decluttering doesn't make us happy, it just makes space for the things that do. So the reason that decluttering your home and your life and your calendar and your relationships is important is because there are lots of things in each of those worlds that can detract from a, a life of meaning. If your house is full of loads of stuff that you don't either don't need, doesn't bring you joy, or you don't use, you have permission right now. Me and Craig give you permission to get rid of those things. You don't need. You don't need them. A fourteenth loofer. <laughs> Who has fourteen loofers? Some people. In the thirteen others off. Keep the best one. Yeah. So find your favourite loofer and just keep that. Then you're always always using your favourite loofer. Oh. That's it. And then when that loofah breaks or stops working, replace it with a new loofah. Research, rest, replace. What's rest, replace? Research the item. Oh, research. Take some time before spending the money. If you still feel like you need to spend the money, spend the money and replace it. Yeah. That's the rules. Re I, research, rest, replace. I normally have a rule that if I, if I want something, if I want to get something new and I still want it within like a three three-ish week period, yeah, uh, I will allow myself to purchase it. If, yeah. I, if, if it's on my mind a lot and I'm thinking about buying it, I'll give myself the permission to buy it. Yeah. Whereas if I'm like, yeah, I want this, and then a week later I'm like... Uh, I forgot what was the thing I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I either don't want it anymore or, or it was an in-the-moment yeah. sort of want. I think when it comes to purchasing new things, often we are told by some sort of consumer goblin that the thing that we're about to buy will make us happier. When in fact, like Doris from Cool Runnings, if you're not enough without it, you'll definitely not be enough with it. Exactly. Because that, that thing that you buy that you don't need just fills up a gap that could be used to explore passions or be kind to other people. Um, so yes, the decluttering process is, is, can be daunting. Can be a little bit of a of a stumbling block for some people. But you can feel so good for doing it. Oh my like, God. So you good. can, when you, when you don't need to, when you have more mental space to think about other things and you're not, so one of the things I speak about, which we'll go through in the second half is optimization of life. And I speak about how not having that sort of visual clearance your, your mind is then freer to think about those other things yeah. and you're freer to focus on your other passions. Yeah, so decluttering doesn't make us happy. It, it just makes space for the things that do. Exactly, and it links perfectly back to that because by having less stuff, I'm not walking into my bedroom and seeing, oh, all that stuff's still there, I need to get rid of that, and then just tucking it under the bed. Like Mentally, I still know it's there, yeah. whereas getting rid of it, I know, right, okay, cool, that's gone now. Yeah. And if you're thinking about getting rid of something, you should just do it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, so that's, that's from that uh, James Clear book, which is where, I don't know who the lady is who, who he's, he interviews, maybe. And she says, like, if she thinks about something more than once, she just does it. Oh, it's, um, I think it, wasn't it his wife? Potentially. Not sure. But yeah, like, the, the thing is like... Oh, no, it wasn't. It's not the James Clare one. It's the Matt Diabella interview with his sister. Oh, yeah. She says, like, Correct. if I think about something more than once... I just make sure I do it. Like, I either yeah. write it down or I make sure I do it so yeah. that when I look at my list, it's good. It's, yeah, I've I got a pile of clothes on uh, uh, on the side in my bedroom that I have told myself I'm going to take to the charity shop at the end of my road. Told myself four times, driven past it 20 times since, and I've still not done it. <laughs> like, I need to make a conscious effort to take those things, <coughs> excuse me, off my, off the side, take them to the front door. Before I go to my car, I have to walk 20 more meters. I can leave them at the charity shop, say, look, this is some stuff my boys have grown out of. Would you like it? And another thing as well that James Clare does speak about is making things obvious. Yeah. So if you're looking to get rid of something, this is in the form of uh, making habits, but if you're thinking of getting rid of something, 
put it by the front door of your house. Yeah. Put it in somewhere, put it in view of somewhere you'll see on your day. Yeah. So that you can be like, cool, yeah, I'll action that now. And yeah. action it there and then so it's done and you'll you'll feel so much better. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Happy with that. Yeah. Super happy with that. So this, the, what you have just listened to is the first half of the um, essay, What is Minimalism? That will be on our website right now for you to read. Um, if you go to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism. The second half, which includes a discussion on optimization, optimization of life and a uh, little sum up, including a discussion on contributing to others. We will post in the coming weeks, um, but let's move swiftly forward and look at Ask Reddit. Everyone's favourite time of the show, Otis. Otis's favourite time of the show is Ask Reddit, isn't it, it mate? It's Ask Reddit, mate, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you love Reddit. Although, it should be said, none of these questions are from Reddit this Ooh, week. Little disclaimer, everyone. Okay, so Craig, why is minimalism associated with the colour white? Ooh, yeah, I found this one on the minimalism subreddit. Okay, uh, so it is on Reddit. Yeah, it was on Reddit, but it wasn't from the Ask Reddit. It was on the minimalism subreddit. Okay. And I think a lot of people have commented um, that basically it's a simplistic colour. Yeah. It's neutral. It doesn't... It, white doesn't necessarily make you feel anything. Like, you'll see red and you might be like a bit angry or... Blue might make you feel a bit down. These colours are all associated with feeling a particular way. I don't think white is. White's just very bland, very neutral, very vanilla. Yeah. And I think minimalism is very much... It, it, it has a way of making you feel very neutral about things. And yeah. you're not to it. Not that you don't get excited about things. I want to be careful about the way I word this. I don't want to say that minimalists are boring because we're not, but... Anything but, mate. Yeah. You know why? Because the... Because there's no other clutter and there's no other mental craziness going on, I get to use all of my brain to all be of your colours to be excited all the time. Later on in the essay, in the contribution to others section, there's a little quote about um, someone asking you why you're so happy all the time, and you're like, "Well, it's because I don't have to use my brain to be sad because I'm not, I'm not chasing a dream. I'm chasing my future." Um, I'm living intentionally and I intend to be happy or almost all the time. Um, so yeah, for sure, like the white can force you into a place of kind of calm and, and simple and it kind of, you're right. I it, think calm and simple are perfect. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing is that like, um, it creates a space into which you can put your enthusiasm and your passion and your kind of your forward thinking and all those kind of things. If your brain's always clogged up with thinking about lots of different colors, for me personally, I like to keep things black and white. I like to keep things gray. I have splashes of color. I've got yellow towels. I've got a green cushion on my sofa. Um, I have got a spoon, which is blue. <laughs> blue spoon <laughs> you know what I mean oh, I am, you rogue I'm rocking out big time I've got some colourful shoes yes you were very colourful shoes but they're really comfortable they were gifted to me by a person whose name we're not allowed to announce oh yeah um, and I really appreciated being giving them, given them I love I, I, I wouldn't say I love the shoes because I don't love things I love the person who gave me the thing and I appreciate the thing um, but I don't love the thing I could be without them and not die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I, I like colour in context. I do also like to keep things very simple because it doesn't clog up my mind with all this extra stuff and I can concentrate on being creative and pursuing the things I want to pursue. Um, so I can see why white is a minimalist colour. Yeah, but also, I, I wear all black all the time. Yeah, but black's also another colour, isn't it? It's just a very neutral colour. It's very... I don't think black makes you feel too much either. Uh, it's just a very nice, simplistic colour. Yeah. Like, and it goes with near enough everything, but so does white. Like, yeah. it, they, they blend with the other colours very well. So I would say that, I would say that black is the absence of colour and white is the overabundance of colour. All the other way around. Yes. So this is the other thing about the colour white. Clutter stands out better against a white background. Oh, yeah, it does, because you can see it clearer. Correct. Ooh. So with a clear palette, if, if 
if you have got a white page and you drop a tiny little drop of color onto it, that color stands out. If you've got a really colorful page. And, and it draws your attention to it. Correct. As well. If you've got a really colorful page and you drop a drop of color onto it, you might struggle to see it. So that's why I think white's kind of been adopted by the minimalist world as the color of choice is because it makes it easier to see the things getting in the way of the of the clarity and the simplicity and to just dash them off that's it my g dash them things i'm not against color i'd like to just announce that i'm not against color in your world in no i, mean, I love color. I, i'm yeah big design freak like i love color yeah I'm, I'm not against having color in your house or in your in your car or in your wardrobe in your I don't know, in anything. Like I think I, from a simplicity point of view, the white is the colour I would default to. Yeah, I go white, black and grey. My car's grey, my phone's black. I like grey. Grey's a good colour. Yeah. It's a combination. Grey's a nice it? mix. Um, so, yes, interesting question. Really, so really interesting. You, you, if I'm not mistaken, have two questions. I do. You've because cheated this week. I've cheated this week because we're. this is such a benchmark episode that I wanted to kind of get your take on um, these two questions. So okay. The first of which is, if you could teach the world one concept, which concept would you teach and why? That's two questions. Well, God. Uh, if I could teach the world a concept. Something that... Right, the answer is minimalism. <laughs> the answer is minimalism. <laughs> I'm going to give you the answer. Imagine everyone consuming less, producing less rubbish, and, and not chasing after the impossible dream that can't be achieved. That's the perfect world. Right, the planet gets saved, the people get saved. Compassion and is a thing again. Everyone, everyone's happy. Everyone is nice. Awesome. Love one another. That's another one of the answers. And this one down here: wash your hands after you use the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go that wash. is a good one. Wash your hands, everyone. The it second... really annoys me. Sorry, I'm just going to rant about this. Okay, do it. It really annoys me when I go to the, like public toilets and you, you know you study the urinal, you're doing your thing, and you go over to the sink. The person that was stood near you just goes, eh, done now, and just walks out. What are you doing? Just wash your hands. <laughs> You've literally just walked past the sink, you fucking cretin. Oh, God, wow. <laughs> You've walked past the sink to leave the bathroom, and you won't even just splash a bit of water, a bit of soap. Um, now, your phone is dirtier than your toilet seat. Yes, it is. So, just take a quick second, everyone. Lick your screen. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. No, don't. I'm oh, gonna. You are gonna as well, aren't you? Oh, you just did. Oh yeah. Tastes good. You um, literally just licked your screen. Yeah, that's fine. Um, your phone screen is dirtier than your toilet seat, so you should Apparently worry. Apparently a dog's about mouth that. is cleaner than a toilet seat. Well that's well. good because you you and Otis have just been tonguing each other, so We were, yeah. yeah. Which is great. Um if we ever have a human co host, try not to tongue them. Oh damn. <laughs> Um, the second question, how do you manage to be content in a world of so much greed? Minimalism. Yes, okay. So, practice the, the top answer here. Practice minimalism in three aspects of your life. Possessions, technology, and headspace. Since I've started this, my whole outlook on life has changed. Change of mindset. Ooh. You realize how much stuff, decluttering, <laughs> be it tangible or intangible, that you don't actually need. Yes, optimization of life. If you want to get into this, watch the minimalism documentary. Very good idea. Netflix, Minimalism, great documentary, Josh and Ryan are super smart guys who have been doing this for much longer than we have. Um, also, things you could watch, you could watch Matt Diabella on YouTube. Yes. You could, you could read Joshua Becker's blog, um, Becoming Minimalist. You could... Zen Habits by Zen Habits. Leo Babauta. Leo, Leo Babauta is very good. Leo Babauta. Um, I like... I'm just going to go through some podcasts um, because I have heard some very good ones recently about, about this subject. I really like, um, where are they? Millennial minimalists. Oh, who are these? Um, these are two lovely ladies, Lauren and Kelly, and they discuss minimalism and minimalism in the context of work. Are and... they trying to be us? No, they're much prettier than we are. <laughs> um, sounds good with Brandon Harvey. Very, very good as well. The Ground Up Show, minimalist, obviously. The Road Less Traveled, really, really good. The Slow Home Podcast, also very good. Um, unsubscribe. Now, this is a new one. I've not caught up on yet. Uh, but this one is about... We're not telling you to unsubscribe, don't worry. No, don't unsubscribe. No, listen. Um, very reflective podcast and Zen Habits, yeah. So there's lots of good stuff out there for you to get into. 
Um, you can't change the world, but start with you and your outlook on life and go from there. That's and what man. was this? Where was this discovered? Where was this question discovered? I mean, they are technically from Reddit. Yeah, I know, but which subreddit? Oh, they're in the Ask Reddit. So why did you say that they weren't from Ask Reddit, you fucking dick? Um, You've just lied to the people. So the, the, the best answer to this one at the bottom of this. How do you manage to be content in a world of so much greed? Be part of it. Can't beat them, join them. Yeah. No, that's wrong. You can beat them. The way to beat them is to live in the opposite direction. And to give them 50 quid. Oh, God. Um, he's back. Kim's he's back. back. He's back. Hello, Dad. Um, so, oh, it's 50 quid. plenty of reading for you to do, plenty of listening for you to do, plenty of watching for you to do. And in the meantime, um, think about the way your mindset affects how you make decisions and about how decluttering could benefit you. There's lots of other essays to read on both of those subjects. And we will get into parts three and four of this rather long essay in a future episode. So this will be called Minimalism One. One. And then we'll have... PT One. PT, PT1, maybe. And then we'll have Minimalism 2. PT2. In a couple of weeks' time. Couple of weeks. Okay, so it's uh, time for us to get back to the real world, but we'll see you next time on Manifest. Will we see you? We don't ever see you. We might see some of you. Okay, if you enjoyed this podcast, then leave us a five-star review. That way more people get to hear the show. You know, if you rate it, then the podcast app that you listen to it in will go, oh, lots of people like this one. Let's, oh, let's, let's, let's recommend show, it. Let's recommend. That's what we want. Um, if you want to read more things we've written, check out the blog at manifestsimplicity.com. And if you want to keep up with our daily lives, you can find us on the social medias by searching Manifest Simplicity. The best thing you could do to keep up with us and essays and podcasts is to sign up on the website. Subscribe to the newsletter. So go to the website, put your email address in, click subscribe, and expect an email from me saying welcome. I might even send you some Oreos or something. Oh. An email of Oreos. Is that it? I think that's it. We're good. We're okay. Golden. And remember, when your life is simple, you allow space for your brain to work, for your heart to explore, and for your mind to be creative. Simple isn't always easy, but it's always more fulfilling. Now go and throw away your things.